0: I am an uncommon church builder. I am Leading Second. Hey everyone, I'm Brandon Stewart and welcome to the Leading Second podcast where we're on a mission to raise up uncommon church builders and be the kind of leaders that our pastors would absolutely kill To have on the team. I feel extremely honored that you would invite us into your world every single week. Leading Second is a tribe of uncommon leaders in the second chair. We are leaders who serve in our churches, we are leaders who serve a vision bigger than ourselves. If you're on a church team in any capacity, volunteer or paid, then leading second is your tribe. Leading second is for you. This episode continues season one of the podcast, and I'm excited that over the course of this season, we will be sharing a new episode every Thursday. So if this is resonating with you, make sure to subscribe, rate, Leave us a comment and consider sharing this with someone who doesn't know about the podcast. Maybe uh, you're a pastor listening to this today. Make sure and share this with your team. Let us help be a voice into the life of your team in hopes that we can all be healthier and stronger and better together. And finally, head to leadingsecond.com, sign our creed, and join our tribe. Let us know you're in. Uh, We want to stay connected to you as we continue to offer more in the life of Leading Second A few announcements before we get started today. First, my great love with Leading Second is coaching groups. Coaching groups are simply small groups for leaders. You might even consider it personal training for leaders. We're excited to announce that our summer quarter of coaching groups begins late June and registration opens May 21st. So make sure and stay tuned to social media, Or to leadingsecond.com, you're going to want to get registered for our summer quarter of coaching groups. I'm also excited that leadingsecond.com is getting an upgrade over the next couple of weeks. And through that, over the next few weeks, we're going to be offering a brand new set of video resources that you're going to be able to use with your church team at no charge to you. I could not be more excited about releasing this. We'll share more details soon, but that will be available on leadingsecond.com dot com. And finally, if you haven't yet, make sure and head to Facebook and join the Leading Second Forum. That is our community. That is our place where we interact, where we discuss, where we have live events regularly. And I want to encourage you to join our tribe, join our community. We truly believe that we're better together. And the forum is the place where we interact on a daily basis. Before we get into our interview today, I want to introduce a new element to our podcast. Every episode, we are going to talk to a listener of the podcast from the Leading Second Forum on Facebook. And we're going to bring a listener on and uh, we're going to answer a question live right here uh, on the podcast. And so to get us started today, we're going to head to our first question from our first listener that I talked to recently. Let's let's check this out. All right, I'm joined today with my good friend APOC Antu. He is the worship pastor at City Church in Riverside, California. Say hello to everybody, APOC. Hey, what's up? How's it going, guys? Hey man, I'm so glad you're joining us. APOC is a member and actually one of the admins of our leading second forum on Facebook. And so APOC asked a question that I thought was really interesting. So APOC, why don't you share with everybody what your question was uh, for the podcast today? Yeah, sure. You know, um, one of the narratives that I've been hearing within young leaders uh, serving senior pastors is that um, when they have a hard time seeing eye to eye with them, maybe through a situation or maybe through a season. So I know you've probably had your share of moments where you didn't see eye to eye with your senior pastor. So as someone who has been planted in the same house, in the same church, his entire life, what would you tell a young leader that's going through not a situation, but a season where he's not seeing eye to eye with his senior pastor or leader? I thought this was really interesting, a season and not a situation. I think what you're alluding to is the idea that um, we all have moments where we have a difference of opinion, and I kind of add that up to the idea that that just means we all have brains that are functioning, and uh, having a difference of opinion does not have to mean lack of alignment. It just means difference of opinion is all it means as long as you're able to maintain alignment in your heart. And so I liked this question because I thought it was really interesting, not just a situation, but a season. And um, as I was thinking through your question, APOC, um, I was thinking about the idea of calling. I would be a liar to say that I haven't had seasons in my own journey where where I wondered, you know, is it, you know, is this where I'm supposed to be? Or seasons where I don't understand you know, certain aspects of what's going on right now. I, it would be untrue to say I've never been there. Um, and I'm not sure that I've shared this with my pastor yet, so he may hear this for the first time when he's saying this. Which is okay because um anytime that I did end up in that situation, I always went back to my call. I always went back to why am I a part of this team? Why am I a part of my church? And I feel like I have an anchor in my heart and in my soul that I'm supposed to be here, that God assigned me here. You see, APOC, one of the challenges is that we have too many young leaders right now taking jobs in ministry simply because it was an opportunity or a paycheck, not a call. And so if it's an opportunity Or a paycheck, sure, when when you end up in a season where you don't understand everything that's going on, it could very well be easy to want to um, move on or become transient or become disengaged. But when it's a call and when it's anchored into call, you may have seasons where you don't understand, but those seasons actually end up being very small in comparison with the with the overall journey you'll have on the team because yeah. um they, you know, they'll pale in comparison when it's truly anchored into a call. So I just always go back to the idea that we've got to be planted and be in places where we truly feel called to be where we feel yeah. assigned to be and if you know you're supposed to be where you are then it serves us well to be strong and be immovable and be unshakable and to trust God with the outcome. Um, you know, that that he is more than able to work it out. I'd also say really fast too, that it's worth talking to trusted people. I mean, I my number one confidant that I talk to is my spouse, my wife, Lindsay. We talk about everything. She does she helps me with my alignment. She helps we, we process things, I think, healthy together. I've also had healthy, trusted mentors that my pastor would also trust. That's very key, by the way. I don't get input into my life out of someone that my pastor wouldn't trust. Wow, that's but, um, good. You know, yeah. but I I have people in my life that I call that kind of smack me back into line because they know the call that I have on my life as well, and they're here to reinforce that call. And I think when you have the right conversations, it's easy to see perspective in those seasons. And, and finally, I would say too. Um, Any chance I get, it's not often, but any chance I get, I do talk to my pastor about those seasons. I can think of one about 12 months ago where we had some conversations about it, and it was good. It was a great outcome, but I had processed it well through everything I just mentioned, and um, it led me out of that season. That season will be a very small season in the light of my journey serving on our team. Awesome. So I hope that helped. Yeah, man, that's a great, great answer, man. If you have a question that you'd like to hear us answer right here on the podcast, I want to encourage you to head to the Leading Second Forum on Facebook. And there you can DM us or use the form. And we'd we'd love to hear your question. We'd love to bring you on the podcast and answer it uh, right here live on an upcoming episode. Today for our second episode of season one and our first interview of the podcast I had the incredible honor to sit down with my pastor, Kevin Gerald, to talk with him. I couldn't think of anyone I'd rather have for our first interview than him. My life has been absolutely changed by sitting under his wisdom and under his leadership for over 25 years. We sat down and we had a discussion along the lines of what pastors look for in their teams. And I also got a chance to talk to him about his early years in ministry. I couldn't wait for you to hear this. So without further ado, here it is, my conversation with my pastor, Kevin Gerald. Well, Pastor Kevin, thank you so much for sitting down with us a bit today here on the Leading Second Podcast. Thank you, Brandon. Great to be here. And uh, it's our honor to have you and have you for a few minutes. Also, it's, it's funny, you and I, you know, we are a part of the same church, but yet I know we don't see each other very <laughs> um, frequently at home with the pace of ministry Yeah, these we days. see each other more away from home <laughs> than we do at home. So we're actually sitting here in Fredericton, New Brunswick today <laughs> uh, on the eve of our Team Church One Day.
1: Yeah, this far, far east Canada,
0: like four hours <laughs> different. From Seattle, right. So, uh, anyways, it's good to catch up today. Team Church one day, absolutely. And and I hope everybody listening, I hope you're aware of and planning to engage with Team Church conference this summer um, on August sixth to the eighth. It's it's our it's our great love to to get to contribute to and be a part of Team Church. Um, Before we get into some of the questions, I thought I'd ask you something fun, and uh, thought I'd ask you um, maybe what is. Something about you that no one else would know, or or, or something something unique about you.
1: Something no one else would know—that would be scary. <laughs> um, something unique, probably the first thing that always comes to my mind. And those close to us or part of our our world would know this. Um, you know, in terms of having been to our church and hung out in our offices and stuff. But I'm, I'm a big game hunter, um, and have loved to hunt all my life. Up hunting in the Midwest, and I guess that's probably the. Um, you know, I've hunted in South Africa, I've hunted lions with handguns. Come on now, <laughs> mountain lions with handguns in, in Utah and in the mountains, and um, Alaska out in the wild. So that's a part of me, like I, I, you know, I drop out of airplanes <laughs> in funny, <laughs> funky areas where there's no people.
0: I do enjoy your hunting story, so that could probably be an episode all to itself, yeah, is, yeah. is you do have some whoppers. Kevin in the wild. <laughs> I do love that. I do love that. Um, so how did you get your start in ministry? I mean, you've been you've been pastoring our church for over 30 years, and of course, ministry would, would go... Um, earlier than that for you so how did you get your start what were your early years in ministry life so
1: my dad uh is a pastor was a pastor before he retired and so all my life i, I grew up uh, you know in pastor's homes i'm a second generation pastor so there's some you know there's some element of of uh intrigue to that in the sense that when you grow up around ministry it kind of gets in your blood or you repel and go the you know the totally opposite way sure and for me it it got in my blood having said that i wasn't going to go into ministry because um i i just felt like i wanted to do some things outside the scope of the the thinking and the normal in the denominational world that my dad was in uh so you know i was i was headed in a different direction like like probably going to be a lawyer um because I, I I guess I like to talk and and uh, have opinions and and try to change the world a little bit. So, um, but anyway, that's I, I felt called into ministry when I was, uh, 17. Uh, I had I loved I loved before that I loved helping our church. I loved seeing it grow. I loved youth ministry, but about 17 is when I could say it solidified that. Yep, I am definitely called to do this. And it, it you know it was pretty, uh, pretty impressive or, or, or I should say, it, it left a great impression on me um, when it actually happened. And so pretty young guy when I felt drawn to give my life to, to ministry.
0: That's awesome. So I'm really thankful for our team. I'm really at Champion Center. I'm really thankful for the health of our team and the, the spirit of our team. I enjoy. Our team, A healthy team, though, doesn't come by accident. Mm-mm. And so bringing people onto the team is important. Yeah. And so I guess I had a question for you, keeping in mind that leaders listening today are leading in the middle and leading in the second chair or maybe new into ministry. So what qualities do you look for um, in someone that you're considering bringing on the team? What do you look for in younger leaders in your Well, it's work?
1: interesting that you said it like that because I think it took me a while to try to sort that out when you talk about it being intentional and team building being intentional. Um, I would have to say that um, I feel like I have, and, and I guess time has, has shown that I have a relatively good uh, discernment in, sure. about people. And uh, I pray for that, and I've prayed for that for mm-hmm. a long time when, when I started realizing that um, there's a lot, even when I'm seeing things at, at my best, there's a lot I don't see. So that inner knower, and, and I would just I'm saying that because I feel like any pastor that might be listening today, I want to lead with that. like pray for discernment. That's really to good. really know people and, and to know those that are around you and among you. At a level that you know, a lot of times you wouldn't otherwise know and sense and see and pick up on. But to, to after that, having said that, a, a few things that come to mind for me is that I'm looking for people that are highly committed to our house. Mm. So you know, highly committed to the kingdom is is fantastic, and we want we. We know the, the, the world needs people and Jesus needs people who are highly committed to the kingdom. But for me, when I'm looking for a leader in our house, I, I want to know that they are highly committed to our values, mm. to our vision, to our future. So beyond being kingdom-minded, it's like they want to build the kingdom um, within the context of our house. So that, that would be...
0: That would be the first thing that. Well, and I think we could. I mean, we could even just talk about that because don't you think we've created a dumb dichotomy over that? That I'm all about Jesus, but I'm not about the church. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's why I'm. I think
1: saying it the way I'm saying it is that uh, it is a, it is a dumb dichotomy. And I think when it comes to a person being meant to be in a local church, and being meant to be part of somebody's vision that they they're gonna have that they're gonna they're gonna have that that high high level of commitment to that specific house and somebody might say that's that's listening well you know wow how 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 do you know if you have that or not and and i'm gonna say there's no doubt when you have it Mm. i'm gonna say if you're wondering then (laughs) you don't and 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 that's as honest as i can be um so the second thing is that, or another thing that comes to mind um, for me would be that I, I'm looking for somebody who's hungry to, to learn and to grow. And, so and by that, um, let me explain it like this. I'm looking for people who will push themselves when no one is pushing them. If I have to, if I have to push people, uh, that's a bad thing. Like that, That's not the kind of person I'm really looking for. Um, I need media guys who want to be the best media guys. I, I want sound and tech people that want to be the best in their trade. That They want to do it with me. They want to do it for our house. Um, children's ministry people, I don't need them to want to, you know, be great um, adult leaders or preachers. Um, I, I, I need them to want to lead people and teams in the children's ministry because they want to see the children's ministry grow. And so... They're going to go out and find places that do that, and people that do that the best. Um, and they're hungry. They're hungry. They're hungry. They're hungry, to to learn and
0: to grow. I've heard it said that you can tell if you're talking to a spiritual adult or a spiritual child by how they talk. You know, children when they're hungry say "feed me." Adults when they're hungry go to the fridge. Yeah, you know yeah. that that you can you can tell when someone has a "feed me" pastor you know mindset. Yep. Um, you kind of know where they're at. Yep. You kind of know where they're at in their development. And man, let's just not rush past that. I think, I mean, every every younger leader listening, we just have to realize it's our responsibility to interpret our pastors accurately, to pull things out of them, to you and I have never sat down and had a conversation where we said, today is a mentoring session. And, and how many leaders are looking for that? You know, I think wrongly almost, I, I learned from you by sitting in, Messages, writing your messages with you mm-hmm. or driving in the car into and from the airport. Yep um, Or or debriefing after Saturday night service it, That was that was my point of discipleship But that also meant I had to position myself and I had to listen and I had to grow and be proactive about that. It wasn't um, It wasn't something more structured than that. It, right. was, it was simply being in the atmosphere. And,
1: right and, and then there when there were particular scenarios there was a relational dynamic between us that it was really easy for you to say, "Hey, um, I'm I'm dealing with this right now. Sure. Um, how, how would you feel, or what what do you think I ought to do?" So, but first, you're right. It's up to the. the, the there's a saying that says, "When when the uh, student is ready, the teacher appears." That's right. So, uh, if anybody's listening today, who would say, and I've heard this a lot from from staff members and team members who really meant well they're they're like my pastor has never really taken time to hang out with my pastor has never given me the (laughs) plan my pastor has never told me really what he wants me to do like okay well if you're listening to this today and that's your mindset you you need to shift your thinking because uh, that that's not the pastor's job it's your job to to be hungry and to pursue your own growth and, and not, not within the context of waiting for someone else to do that for you.
0: Absolutely right. Uh, what else was on your list? You may have... Uh, yeah, I, I would say... And this is
1: relatively new, Brandon, for me, the one I'm about to talk about now. But um, I, it's not new, in this, but, but, but the way I'm saying it is new. Sure. So, and, and that is that I started realizing how much I wanted and needed what I would just call persuasive people um, in leadership in our house. And, and here here's where that comes from is that I think there's a lot of hard workers and a lot of people committed to our house and and so forth but then I would look at them and they're not building teams and they're like you know no one's coming up around them and and then when I would mention it or talk about it and say what's going on they would say things like you know I just I don't I'm not good at asking people to help I, I'm not good at, I feel like I don't want to I don't wanna um, push people. That's just not who I am. I don't right. wanna be pushy. Um, and so this new lingo for me um, is hopefully gonna liberate um, some concepts that people have that um, in, in leadership and even second chair leadership, is that you need to understand that being persuasive is not being manipulative. Right. And there's a difference in manipulation and so persuasion. Yeah. And if you can get a clear a clarity around that, so that you know that you are, you know, if you're called of God, no one can influence anyone if they're not persuasive. Like, and, and, and so you want to begin to pray about being persuasive. You want to begin to practice being persuasive. You want to ask yourself, well, how, how should I approach people? What, do I approach them with a question? Do I approach them, you know, by saying, hey, um, let me have a few minutes. Can I just share my vision with you? And, and talk to you about this. And then after you've shared your vision, do the big ask. Um, you know, I, what, Whatever it is, like people approach it sometimes differently and we can create formulas and you can learn formulas from other people. At the end of the day, I'm looking for people around me who are persuasive mm. in their leadership. They know how to bring other people along. Um, they don't come by themselves. And, and if I just get you... Like if I just get you in the deal, I just got an employee Oh yeah. If, in the hiring sense. If I just get you, all I've got is somebody filling a position. And I just want
0: more than that. I need yeah. more than that. I need persuaders. I'll never forget one time in a season where my own teams weren't doing so good. You asked me this question. I don't even know if you'd remember it, but you said, um, where are your disciples? Yep. And that, that always stuck out to me, <laughs> thinking... You're right. I think I have people that like me. I think I have people around me that will do something maybe if I ask, but I didn't I had not raised up near the leaders that I needed to. And and I I think it that was one of those days that gave me real insight into what you were really looking for and I wasn't nailing it, you know, in that season. And but you are now, Miranda. Well, You're nailing <laughs> it. Uh, and, and and here
1: and here's what I let's just use you for an example for a minute, because um, I, you are, with leading second, you are um, actually being persuasive where my voice actually can't be, mm. and, or is at least limited. Um, and I think that's what every person who's on a staff or a team needs to realize. Your voice matters. Mm. And if you're, if you're silent and if you're quiet and you're not persuasive, you're wasting an opportunity to disciple people, not just to Jesus, but disciple them to a way of thinking um, about, about the job they do, the role they have, the ministry they're a part of. Um, so a lot of times some of the best people just need to speak up a little more and they need, need to be willing to be persuasive um, like, like you are right now in the sense that you're speaking into a world of, of uh, lead, with leading second of people who um, are listening now to you and they're leaning into you and you're sharing concepts and you're sharing ideas. You're sharing the way you think. Like Mm -hmm. you have learned and developed a way of thinking that needs to be shared and you're sharing it. And so through that, you're being persuasive and people are going, wow, that's awesome. Yes. And your credibility because you're not a the lead, lead guy, you're not talking about being a lead guy, is all of a sudden you have a sphere of influence that a lead guy doesn't have. So,
0: Well, so then let's just double down on that then for one second, um, which thank you for what you just said. But the again, the whole idea behind leading second, and I think what every second chair leader has to understand is when you are persuasive to what ends you are persuasive to or your motive behind being persuasive Mm -hmm. also matters because i know a lot of or i've met leaders before that are persuasive they're just persuasive and connecting people to themselves rather than the house yep and i know we've splashed some fun artwork on leading second and i know we've tried to kind of make it fun and cool and all that at the end of the day what people may or may not even realize it's still an extension of our house it's still fulfilling something that is in you and something so I actually would hope that all roads still lead back to the house and and I think every leader if you're going to gain influence please do but just please use your influence to connect people back to the house not connect people just to you Yep. and not, not just connect them to because then when you leave yep. or you're not in the picture anymore what do people have left to stand on if they're just connected to you and not connected to the the house that you're a part of right if this podcast has resonated with you we would love to hear from you I want to encourage you to subscribe rate comment and consider sharing this with someone who you think could benefit from today's episode also want to encourage you to join the leading second forum on Facebook what are you waiting for head over find the forum if you are a volunteer or a church staff member if you're a part of the team in any capacity That is your tribe, that is your community. We'd love to have you on the Leading Second forum. I also want to encourage you to head to leadingsecond.com, sign our creed, join our tribe. We want to stay connected with you on everything that Leading Second has to offer. Until next time, let me just say we love you, we believe in you, We're running alongside you. We need you healthy and we need you strong in your lane. Let's run strong for the kingdom and let's lead in an uncommon way together.